Good all. Hello. Welcome in. We are on Hoopsville. Welcome to the show, everybody, on this Monday evening. We have recovered from the marathon, the craziness that was, and we are rolling along three weeks, folks. We are three weeks from the end of the regular season. Three weeks from tonight, we'll be talking about who made it to the NCAA tournament, who did not, what the brackets look like, who's a favorite to get into the tournament. We are just three weeks away. I cannot emphasize that enough because I can't believe we're three weeks away. Time has flown this season. If you got questions for us as we warm up our voice, make sure you tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. You can join us on Facebook. We're live simulcasting the show, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us on YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show. That is YouTube.com slash Hoopsville as well. Lots of ways you can interact with us. We hope you'll take full advantage of those opportunities. Because we love interactions, to say the least. Let's talk quickly about who will be on tonight's show. We will start things off with number 17th ranked Hampton Sydney men's basketball coach Caleb Kimbrough, who's having an outstanding season in just their second one, uh, or second uh, season under Kimbrough. We'll then head out to, uh, was it Kentucky? Uh, Trent Milby will join us from Berea Women's Basketball to talk about his squad and their one loss campaign. Jenna Deruba, uh, Deruba from Washington Jefferson will join us as well to talk about her 19-win team. And then Joe Crispin, the number 23rd-ranked Rowan uh, squad, will join us on the program to talk about him, his team, the NJAC, and so much more. We will not have our top 25 panel this week, partially my fault. I forgot to check in with the gents, uh, so I got to them a little bit late. But more importantly, we will get you ready for regional rankings. They make their debut this week. Uh, remember, alphabetical. To get things started, I don't want to hear complaints about that. We've been warning you. It's alphabetical rankings coming out this week. Um, Men will be on Tuesday. Women will be on Wednesday. Uh, We will get you more ready for that at the end of the program, but that is obviously ahead, so don't forget about those things. We certainly would hope you uh, will keep those in mind uh, as we get closer. Um, And so there you go. There, there, there you go, as they say. Uh, new top 25 on the men's side is out. New top 25 on the women's side will be out soon enough, as they say. Um, let's see here. We have uh, just some notes around the men's basketball. Not a ton of, of developments, though. Uh, Middlebury had an interesting weekend. Uh, they beat New England College rather easily earlier in the week, but then lost to Wesley in, in a dandy of a game. But they spotted Wesley, what, about 25 points in that game? before losing by 4, 89-85. Trinity, Connecticut um, then nearly knocked off the Panthers, got past them 65-64 in overtime. Admittedly, I dropped Middlebury in my, in my poll because of those two results. Yes, I understand conference season is tough and conference opponents are difficult, and I usually give um, a little bit of leeway with that, but uh, those around them are doing well against conference opponents. So I did drop Middlebury a little bit. Probably should have dropped him a little bit more because of the Trinity battle. But that said, Trinity's having a, a decent season. Wesleyan is obviously catching fire at the right time as well. WPI lost to Emerson by 5, 71-66 before getting past Babson, 55-54. I'm just a little nervous about the engineers. I actually pulled them out of my top 25. Uh, speaking of which, where are they now? They were... They were uh, uh, 12th going into the week. Uh, They are now 20th, having dropped eight spots. Um, Also, uh, Rochester had a rough weekend. 
They have lost, what was my note? Sorry, hold on. They have lost five of their last nine. Now they went 0-2 against Washington and Chicago, losing now three of their last four. Uh, they're now 14-6 and on the season. Good Yellow Jackets squad, but seem to be struggling at just the wrong time. Um, while region, regional rankings this week won't be the sure I, uh, ideal of where they stand. Week twos will be a better idea. The East region will allow them to most likely be ranked because the East region's got some good teams. It just doesn't have a, a wealth of good teams. Uh, and their UAA schedule will certainly help them. But we'll have to see if that if this weekend, and, and, and unless they get the ship righted, if they're playing themselves right out of the NCAA tournament. Emory uh, continued their split. Uh, they split last weekend against Washington, Chicago. They split this weekend against Washington, Chicago. Um, as a result, uh, let's see, Rochester did fall out of the top 25 after being 15th. Emory nearly did. They ended up um, two points out of 25th in the 24th slot, and they ended up uh, nine points from falling out of the top 25. Case Western Reserves is the first team out receiving votes at 68 Catholic at 57. Uh, the new top 25 on the men's side has come out. The only significant change was Middlebury did fall from th- down to seventh. So one through four, or really one through six, stayed the same, except they all shifted up. Um, Christopher Newport moved to third, Mount Union to fourth, Keene State to fifth, John Carroll to sixth, Middlebury falling to seventh. Wheaton and Johns Hopkins, along with Swarthmore, all stayed at eight, nine, and ten. Oswego's uh, picking up some points. They moved up to eleventh. St. Thomas uh, moved down one, but that's really repositioning of, of teams. That's not really a, a statement of them. Uh, Calvin moved up a spot. Guilford up two. Williams up two. Wash U up five. Hamden Sydney up a spot. Claremont Mud Scripps is up a spot. Oshkosh is up four to nineteenth. Uh, WPI fell those eight spots, as we mentioned, down to 20. Trine is up a spot. Mary Harden-Baylor is up two. Rowan is up two. Emory and Barry into the top 25. I'm sorry, uh, Emory fell four spots. I apologize. They were 20th. Barry's into the top 25 with Rochester falling out. Uh, others receiving votes, uh, no surprises here. Case Western Reserve, Catholic, Pomona Pitzer, Texas Dallas, Lacrosse, Tufts, North Park, Rochester, Utica. Um, Utica got six votes this week they're all from me (laughs) i am the utica voter i've got them in the 20th spot which is six votes and that's what they've got six votes so if you're wondering how utica got on the radars it's me i'm just impressed with what they're doing uh western connecticut um is at six points worcester at five Carlton is five, Carnegie Mellon at four, Nazareth three, Wabash three, Stockton one. So that's your top 25. Just came out earlier today. Women's has not been updated as of yet, but on the women's side of things, how did they fare? Well, it was much more difficult on the women's side this week. Trinity picked up their first loss of the season. Congratulations, Colorado College, with a 70-64 to win at Colorado College in Colorado Springs. So the uh, the... The uh, Tigers take their first loss of the year. They're now 20-1. and one. And so the question becomes, Transylvania, Christopher Newport, or Scranton, the three lone undefeateds, who do you have for one? And I think it's a healthy debate. There's going to be a conversation about Transylvania maybe not having a, certainly doesn't have a strong conference schedule. Are they good enough to be number one? Uh, they've been kind of passed over in the past. Um, if I was voting, I'd certainly consider them. Christopher Newport's your other one to consider. They had a real tough battle with Saint, uh, Santa Cruz before prevailing by 11. That game was much tighter than it was earlier. 
uh, or than that score indicates. And then Scranton is undefeated. They got past Susquehanna and got past Catholic impressively. Of course, that game was at home against Catholic. Um, so those are your three undefeated. So the question is, who, who ends up being number one? We'll find out later this evening, maybe before we're off the air. All three obviously got through the week okay. Actually, the top 10 or top nine other than Trinity got through the week okay. First loss after Trinity comes at number 10, Chicago. They lost to Emory before defeating Rochester, 18th ranked Rochester, uh, on the other side of the weekend. Trinity, Connecticut, got their uh, loss to Williams this week before defeating Middlebury. That Williams game was a low scoring and a barn burner, 49-48. It is a tough battle now on top of the NESCAC with Trinity... And Tufts sitting there at the top with Williams lurking right behind. It's going to come down to the end of who's going to end up hosting that tournament. Of course, Trinity would love to be hosting and also be in the Final Four if they can get there because they'll be hosting that as well. Trine took another loss. They're 16-5. and five. They lost to Albion. I'm wondering when everybody's going to finally pull the pin here. And it's nothing against Trine, but they've now got five losses. Just a couple of other teams in the top 25 even had that many, but no one near Trine at 12th. Um, Baldwin Wallace picked up their third loss to Otterbein on the weekend. Eau Claire and Rochester had horrible weekends. Eau Claire lost to both, or weeks, I should say. Eau Claire lost to Oshkosh and Whitewater this week. Of course, both ranked, uh, both receiving top 25 votes, Whitewater being number 23. Rochester lost to two teams in the top, receiving top 25 attention. I think Wash U was really flying under the radar. They upended Rochester 64-59, and then Chicago, the 10th ranked, Maroons defeated Rochester 87-75. So Rochester and Eau Claire now have six total wins themselves, respectively. And that's the other teams regarding when I was talking about trying there. The other losses come, um, Whitewater got through the weekend. They're 17-5, or the week, defeating Stevens Point and Eau Claire. Elizabethtown took a loss to Moravian on Saturday. That was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, I know Moravian's good. Mary Beth Speck. Mary Beth Spurk, one of the better coaches that no one talks about. And we talked about it last show with Elizabeth Towns' coach on the marathon about that tough game with Moravian on the road. And it came to bite the Blue Jays, uh, which puts them now, uh, was it two, yeah, two games back of Scranton, making it real hard to maybe catch the Royals to host the tournament, uh, the conference tournament. Milliken also lost. They lost to Wheaton this weekend. Receiving votes category, Cortland lost, Mary Harden-Baylor lost, Santa Cruz, we mentioned, lost to Christopher Newport. Emory lost to Wash U, who we mentioned earlier as well. On the men's side, I didn't mention the receiving votes category. North Park, after their big win over Wheaton, then went and stubbed their toe against Milliken, who's a 500 team, 86-79 in overtime. Uh, what? And by the way, and lost a good chunk of votes. Uh, Western Connecticut lost to Keene State. That's not a bad loss for Western Connecticut, just their second loss. Granted, um, I did pull them out of my top 25, being it was their second loss. Not exactly fair to them because they lost to Keene State, though it wasn't as close as I expected, 92-76. And I was trying to get other top 25 teams in, and Western Connecticut's been sitting at 25 on my ballot for the last few weeks. Nazareth, who we mentioned, lost to Utica earlier this week. Uh, that's two losses to Utica this season. That's why I'm voting for Utica. Uh, and uh, Nazareth actually came out of my top 25 poll this week because I needed to make room. I think Nazareth is a really good team, though. So really craziness going around in the top 25, to say the least. Um, so buckle up. It's only going to get crazier between now and the end of the conference tournaments. Uh, quickly, we do have our campaigns going. We have sent up tweets uh, about it. We have put the information on Facebook. We've also got it on our show page. You can donate via uh, the Give Butter campaign. 
which we certainly appreciate. If you feel like um, providing uh, some love and attention that way, uh, you can, uh, oh, it's just loading. Sorry, there it goes. There you can see our donations. Last one came in two days ago. We're over $1,000 just on Give Butter alone. I want to thank everybody who has been so kind. We're also uh, taking donations via Venmo and I uh, got another one today from a, a fan of the show, my aunt. Appreciate your your support uh, from my family members. Uh, in total, we have raised uh, about $1,500. Our goal is 5000 to be honest with you. That's the first goal. If we hit $5,000, i am going to put in a second goal. You can also purchase uh, t-shirts and merchandise. Uh, we have a link up for that as well. Um, our shirts are available as they have been in the past, including we don't have a picture of this. But we have some long sleeve shirts as well available. We also have a 20th season shirt available. So lots of options. Have not looked into getting polos yet. I will make that effort this week to see if maybe we can add polos to the uh, effort there. But we have links up for that. If you want to listen to the link, it is hoopsville.itemorder.com. That's hoopsville.itemorder.com. Maybe I'll throw that up on the bottom of the screen as well. Uh, so there you go. Uh, ahead, we've got lots to talk to. Hampton, Sydney on the men's side, along with Rowan later in the program, and Berea and Washington and Jefferson women sandwiched in the middle. We'll also get you ready for regional rankings, remind you of a few things that will take place with this week's rankings versus every all the rankings. We'll also talk about, and we'll remind you, of course, right now about the top 16s that will be um, coming out. That will be two weeks, or a week and a half now away. That's a week from Thursday. That'll be on February 16th at 7 o'clock. Um, we will announce the top 16 regionally ranked teams. What I should say that again. If the brackets were to come out, these would be the teams that would be technically seated in the top 16 spots on the men's and women's side. And thus, who you can bet is going to be hosting, or in some cases, who may be in jeopardy of not hosting, i.e. the men's programs. Um, the men's programs, I'm sorry, the women's programs have priority this week. So the men's programs who may be in the top 16 who will not be able to host. Also, it's a good friendly reminder to some of you out there, if you've not put in your um, hosting paperwork, you have until February 17th to get that done. So this is kind of the last salvo to remind people about that and we'll talk more about that probably when we come up on regional rankings. Apparently, I killed my mic there. Um, so there you go. That's what we're going to be covering on tonight's show. Uh, of course, the top 16s is important. That's why the regional rankings this week, despite being alphabetical in order, will be important. That's what we'll talk about that later in the show. And we'll get things going tonight with Caleb Kimgro from Hamden, Sydney. They are one of several teams in that ODAC have made that race really fascinating. And why Randolph-Macon, I think, is why I moved them to number one last week, is so darn impressive this season. We'll talk to them about the ODAC and so much more and why everybody is impressed with what is going on um, with the Tigers. That program has been turned around rather quick with Caleb, and we'd love to talk to him more about it. So we'll take a break and do just that. You're listening to Hoops Show presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. We really want to thank our partners, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, National Association of Basketball Coaches, of course, Huddle, Blue Frame Technology for their support of our program, and D3Hoops.com. We'll mention this later in the show, but another way you can support this show is if you're willing to 
sponsor, advertise, or whatever on the program. We have plenty of information for that, including some of our big shows ahead. The Top 16, the uh, Selection Sunday Bracket Breakdown shows. We want you on board. Love to have you. Get in touch with us. You can email us either directly to me or, again, at hoopsville at d3sports.com. Take a break. Back with more after this. are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To to stop stop sexual sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying tonight's program, whether you're watching us live or on demand, or maybe you're listening to us on the podcast. We appreciate you taking the time. By the way, if you are listening to us on the podcast, please make sure you like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, whichever avenue you're on, even um, review the podcast. Give us a little uh, love. It helps the podcast move up the rankings, as it were, so that others may spot it sooner and follow along as well. The more the merrier, as they say. Uh, If you're watching us on demand or on the video, I want to thank our friends at Huddle Blue Frame Technology for that. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube or or Facebook on the simulcast, also thanks to Huddle Blue Frame Technology because they allow that uh, technology and capabilities to work so darn well. All right, let's talk men's basketball. And as we have mentioned before, um, the ODAC race is always one that catches our attention because it's so darn good and so so darn fascinating to watch. Uh, To some degree, I, I think... 
Randolph Macon has teased us a little bit in, in making us think that for whatever reason, this is an easy league. Uh, we all know it's not. We all know it's anything but easy. But it certainly is um, It's certainly deceiving, I would argue, because for some reason, for reasons I really don't know for sure, um, the they, they don't seem to struggle as much as uh, others have in the conference. But one who's making it much more difficult is Caleb Kibrow and his Tigers of Hampton, Sydney. So joining us on the Blue Frame Tech. Killed my microphone. So joining us, I don't know where I left off. Joining us on the blue on the huddle Hoopsaw Hotline is Caleb Kimbro. Coach, thanks for joining us. Just your second season. And look where you got the program. That's pretty impressive. I'm going into my fourth. This is my fourth. It's going fourth? Into, right? Man, I've lost track. It's my fourth. It's all good. But uh no, I really appreciate it. Thanks for getting the Tigers on here. Uh, you know, we love the recognition. Thank you. Yeah, see, this is what happens when there's um I'm literally deleting the, the tweet. Uh, that's that's what happens when you lose absolute uh, sense of things thanks to, to COVID. I had you at your second season. Fourth makes a lot more sense. You've had more recruits in, to say the least. And we're literally changing that as we speak on a tweet so that we don't look like complete fools more than we already do normally. Uh, Caleb, you came from the USA South. You had some success down there. When the Hamden Sydney job opened up, obviously you knew the ODAC, but when the job opened up, was it a sure thing that you wanted to jump in and the HSC job and take over for a longtime coach who certainly had his success too? Or was it one of those where, like, hey, I'll throw my resume in to see where it gets us? No, I'm not a big just like throw your resume in kind of guy. Well, you know, I say that, and it's not like it's easy to get a job. So obviously, you know, <laughs> uh, I was familiar with the ODAC. I was familiar with Hampton Sydney uh, and the success and the history of the program. Um, also, I mean, I wanted to learn more about the school. I didn't know as much as I know now, obviously, when I reached out about the job. But um, I definitely thought it was a place I've always wanted to coach a place where you can, you know, try and compete at the highest level year in year out, where a school will get behind that, where there's a lot of pride in the institution and. Um, this place certainly certainly has all that. Yeah, that's saying it uh, truthfully. Uh, it's an all-boys school, all-men's school, I apologize. I'm used to saying all-boys from my alma mater in high school, uh, along with Wabash and St. John's are the only three in Division Three. Was was that something that you had to weigh? That, that There are legitimate challenges to an all-single-sex school that you have to overcome when trying to entice students to come, I'm curious if that was something that you considered when you took the job, that that would be just a little bit more of a hurdle than you've had in your experience. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you know, not so much. It's not something I thought would be a big hurdle. Honestly, I think it's a really huge positive to, to the situation here. I mean, you have a, a really thriving institution that's yeah. had the same mission since it's it's began. Um, you don't struggle in enrollment. Uh You've had basketball players. So, you know, I coached at Guilford, so I was in the league. I played in the league. And the Hampton-Sydney teams always had very good players. Um, so I think that definitely, you know, right there I knew that, that, you know, you could attract a really talented player to the school. So the more and more I learned about it, I mean, it's a 
you know, it's a huge positive to what we do, uh, being all male. And when you, when you bring a prospective student athlete in here, you know, I think they either see that really quickly or, you know, it, it's not anybody's first thought that they'd be going to an all male college. So it's like, but when you get them on a visit and you, you see the environment, uh, uh, it's, it's not too difficult to attract high level players. Well, listen, it's 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 high school and it's mid '90s, so it's hard to compare, or early '90s, and it's hard to compare. But I'll admittedly, when I was looking at prep schools, uh, because I needed to move on in that direction in high school, uh, looked at a bunch of of coed schools, liked them, certainly no issues. I had a couple I didn't like, but I liked a lot of. Walked onto Salisbury's campus, campus, all boys, and instantly fell in love. There was so much about that institution that I wanted to be a part of. And I was so glad I got uh, um, accepted so I could go there. So I get that. I totally get that. By the way, snow on the f- campus just the other day, I noticed. you. I think you've gotten more snow than we've had up here in northern Baltimore County, at least in my neck of the woods. Um, the program, though, had certainly been struggling for a few years. There had been some glimmers of hope as they tried to get that program back to its glory days. When you came in, I'm curious, and I ask this genuinely because a lot of coaches have different takes. Was it a strip it down and start all over? Was it a take what you had and try and rebuild from there? Was it something along another way? How'd you, how'd you, what was your mentality coming in to get the program back to its glory days? I think first off, just to figure out what was going on, meet with all the players, you know, kind of assess the situation, um, and and yeah, feel it out a little bit. You know, I don't like to jump to conclusions. You know, that everything just has to be wrong or you know whatever the case is. So, I think we did a good job of that, kind of sitting through, you know, uh, talking to people and figuring out how things had operated before, and then really just creating accountability um, towards you know how we're going to operate moving forward. Uh, we took a deep dive into creating what's now what we feel like, you know, our, our basketball culture, you know, creating a vision for the program, um, standards and values, you know, and, and incorporating the current players in that process. And I think what that did is really create, you know, shared accountability across the board on how we're going to operate um, and, and change the way we do things now. Makes total sense. You had had success down at Huntington uh, prior to coming here down in Alabama. Um you had turned a program that was a couple of wins per year into one that was at least 500, which was significant for them. You were in the USA South race, certainly made things interesting. And you had that impact immediately when you got with the Tigers. You took a 4-19 and team and turned them into a 14-13 and team. Um, we'll skip the COVID uh, season, which was 2-4. and four. That doesn't really mean much. 14-11 and 11 last year, but bang, we're at 18-4 and four right now. We're the Tigers are sitting second in the conference standings, a game behind Randolph-Macon, and you just got a huge win over Guilford to keep them behind you by a game. In all honesty, did you expect to have the impact you're having and to have the turnaround as quick as you are, considering you haven't even gotten your first recruiting class in and out the door yet? Right, yeah. I try not to think too much ahead because that can be a little bit stressful <laughs> just to, to want the sure. result so badly. Um, but obviously, you know, we thought we did think this year we returned a lot of guys, you know, we see the work and improvement of the guys that have been in the program and you know, my staff does an unbe- unbelievable job, Bryce and Gibson of bringing in top notch players that are going to challenge the guys we currently have. Um, you know, we got Carson Long. He's also a Guilford guy that's with us now. 
um, has really enhanced what we do around here. So, I, you know, I, I thought we had a good chance of being a better team. You just never know how that's going to compare to everybody else. So, you know, I was excited about, you know, how what our growth was going to look like. I think we laid out a pretty challenging schedule for the guys just to see, you know, you know where are we? You know, I think in the previous years we had, we had won some close ones and then, you know, maybe got beat up by some of the guys at the top of the league here and there. And um, we want to take a step. You know, we, we want to be competing uh, at the highest level against, you know, against everybody. So, you know, I, I th- like I said, like I thought we would be better. Didn't know how that would compare, you know, and I think, yeah, we, we've come out on the right side of things here this year a few times. Season started a little bit, um, a little bit slow. Started two and three. First game of the season, a loss to Greenboro by five. You got a win over Alvernia and a Franklin and Marshall. The FNM win, to be honest with you, is weird because they were really good, suffered an injury. Now they're struggling a little bit. Hard to read into that one, but I know they're a good team. Beat uh, Platteville uh, and others at, in Vegas. Um, then you, you stumped, uh, Randolph Macon beat you by two at their place in a heck of a good game. We should point out non conference game. Since you guys didn't have the double set for the conference schedule, you guys played a non-conference game as part of the rivalry. And then you lost to Mary Washington, who at the time was hotter than hot. Uh, they would go on to beat Randolph-Macon, uh, I think, shortly after that. But it seemed like you righted the ship at that point. Your only loss since then is to Randolph-Macon at your place. Uh, and to be honest, no surprise. We'll talk about that in a bit. But what was the difference between that opening five set and what we're seeing now? You know, I, I thought I thought we opened the year thinking that we would just be better because we were a year older, and we we were still um, we were still trying to find ourselves, and we were still you know we we had tweaked a few things according to our personnel and how we wanted to play, uh, and I you know, I didn't think we were playing great ball, you know, didn't quite commit to to what we wanted our identity to be early, and it showed, you know, we we were off. Uh, didn't share the ball as well offensively, you know, defensively, you know, we were in our heads. And I think, you know, even the making game, which was a two point game, you know, like they got off to a 14 0 run to start that game. Just out of sorts. It was, we kind of clawed back, but it was ugly. You know, like we were just, you know, playing really hard. And um, when we finally started to take a step back and realize, okay, what is our identity? that form what are our roles in this team uh it began to become more clear i think the game plans and you know where everybody's supposed to be in the timing of all that i mean it was yeah things started to click well it's certainly clicking well now because again uh since then you've got a win over washington lee right after the mary washington game that's pretty solid a win over averett who's now a conference foe uh, went over Lynchburg, who's always tough in conference play. Big win over Christopher Newport, and by 15. Uh, you then went on the road uh, for the Christmas holiday, got a win over Barry, who has certainly been looking good this season before Randolph making tripped you. You're back on the winning ways. Went over Roanoke, a win over uh, Guilford, as we mentioned, uh, in back-to-back games, a non-conference win against Salisbury in the middle of that. Um, obviously, it's working well. Let's talk quickly about the team before we look to the future, which I know will make you a little bit nervous and talk a little bit about the Randolph-Macon game. David uh, Davidson Hubbard leading the way at 14.2 points a game. Ryan Clements, uh, really 12 points a game, uh, 10.5 for Adam Brazil. Uh, DJ Wright at 9 points a game and Josh Hardy, Joshua Hardy at 8.3. And we'll also mention Alex Elliott at 7-plus points a game. Uh, Hubbard is near a double-double. He's got 8.2 rebounds on top of that. Your leading assist guy is Clements. Um, 
everybody's doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You're shooting incredibly well, especially those top five guys, including from outside the arc. The free throw shooting is good. Tell me a little bit about this team, a little bit of, about the character of those guys and, and what they bring to the floor. That's working so well. Yeah, I mean, Hub down low has is, is really developed his game. He is a gym rat, the definition of that. And, you know, he's, he's in there all the time. He's expanded his range to three. I think he's become more efficient in his inside game. And he's become a better defender, which is key for us. You know, he, he's, he's not – He's not like a six eight six nine guy, but he's got long arms and he can affect shots down there for us. Um, Ryan has done the same thing. <clears throat> you know, this is his fourth year, and he's turned into, you know, maybe just an athlete, a guy that could go, you know, one direction really fast and jump really high. A guy that's added a lot to his game and, um, you know, affects it in many different ways. I think defensively, you know, he helps us big time. Uh, DJ Rice, I mean, he's a pure scorer. He was in high school. He is now. He's become a lot more effective defender, uh, especially on the ball. And he's a guy that can, you know, you just know the other team scouting report is just like, let's just hope that guy doesn't hit his first shot, you know, because he could go off. You just never yeah. know. And honestly, he's a, he's a tough shot maker. So you could be right there in his face and he could still make it, which is a big luxury for us. You know, Adam at the point guard spot, I mean, he's been unreal. Um He's so steady with the basketball. Uh, you know, he's just all in. He's a student of the game kind of guy. He wants to watch film. He wants to know what's going on. He, he's a captain for us, uh, him and Miles Harris. Um, those guys really do a great job of leading the team, have a lot of respect because of the work they put in. Uh, but, you know, you got like Josiah Hardy, like you mentioned. <clears throat> I mean, Joe's the most selfless guy in the world. I mean, he could be a guy uh, that's a big-time scorer at a lot of places. Um you know, for us, he rebounds the ball at such a high rate. He can guard the one through five. You know, nobody really talks about Alex Elliott. I mean, he's Alex could be a starter for us. He's been a starter for us. Uh, he's a he's an absolute beast on the glass. Um, I mean, you can go down the line. Miles Harris has turned himself into an unbelievable player. You got guys off the bench like Eamon McGowan shooting the rock. You know, Nick Shry. I mean, you could just keep going. There's guys that don't play for us right now that, you know, probably could get in there. So I think the versatility of our team is great, and we're we're excited that we have a little bit of depth because you need it, you know, in a, in a in a league like the ODAC. You got a challenge ahead, obviously. Just to finish out the schedule, you'd be uh, on the road at Ferrum, at home against Lynchburg for the final home game, then on the road against WNL. Uh, you'll then um, get ready for conference play, which at this point looks like you'll get the bye straight to the. Uh, the, the ODAC tournament, which will be at the Salem Civic Center. And that's probably one of the more difficult grinds uh, in in Division Three. I can't remember. You can help me here. Do you guys have the Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or do you have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday this year? I think we have the Friday, Saturday, Sunday this Ooh, year. That's even more brutal. Yeah, yeah, that's a beast. How do you get the team ready for the last run here? The, not only the last three, to, to keep in position to be number two, so you can hopefully leave Macon for the last game of the of this, of the uh, tournament if, if that's how it works out. But also get them ready for what will be that grind of the tournament. Yeah, we have a big lead. Out. Like We break our season into phases. Um, we, re- we really try to focus on you know what's, what's important in these certain phases. You know, obviously, league play and um, how we're preparing in league play is, is one of the big phases for us. And uh, we just take it game to game. And we talk a lot in the program about staying neutral, you know, and not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, 
you know, making sure we're staying present and how are we getting a little bit better, you know, today in practice? How are we, how are we getting better on an off day? Are we really taking care of our body? You know, probably not unlike a lot of coaches talk about, uh, but, you know, managing winning some games is pretty key. You know, you can't, we, we spoke the other day about let's, let's not take from this quite yet. You know, let's, let's keep feeding the fire. Let's keep giving to it. Let's stay present. You know, there'll be a time we can reflect. Let's not do that quite yet. Um, you know, let's make sure we're, we're sticking to the, you know, sticking to the process, you know, and making sure we're getting a little bit better. We still, we think we have a lot to give. So preparing for a three day stretch, I don't know how you do that. I mean, take care <laughs> of your bodies. It's like, you know, I think you take that one at a time. It's winner yeah. go home, you know? So it's well, we figure out who the first guy is. And it's a one game championship. Yeah. Uh, and, and you lock in, you figure out how to get it done there. And then you, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get it done, you, you turn around and look at the next one. The conference race has obviously been very difficult, but talk to me about Randolph-Macon. I do realize you saw him at the beginning of the season. You saw him at the beginning of January. Some things have been a little bit different, but what is different about him this year? Other than the fact that Buzz Anthony is no longer there, which made them click. At the beginning of the season, we kind of could tell that Buzz wasn't there. Nowadays, it's a very different union, but is it different? Or what, what is it about the Yellow Jackets that has made them so darn unbeatable for the last few years? Oh, you got to give a lot of credit to to Josh over there. I mean, he's done an unbelievable job of just, I mean, creating a culture of winning. I mean, they're they're getting it done, and it seems like like they're young guys. I mean, they're young point guard right now, Jabril. I mean, he, that guy can go. He made some big plays for them, and they've had uh, other young guards that have done the same thing. Miles Mallory inside is he's a presence. You know, he's he's a really good defender, and obviously makes it tough on teams to, to mm-hmm. get it going. I think you know their defense is is some of the best probably in the country, um, and a big part of that's got to be due to due to him in there inside. But you know I think their guys play a really big role uh, or, or are committed to the roles that they have, um, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. You know they don't beat themselves. So you know when you go against a team like that, uh, you know it's like kind of the same as Guilford. You, know, mm. you go you against a team like that. I mean you got to go beat them. You, you know you can't just sit back and hope something's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I give those guys a lot of credit. I mean, they're they're doing well and they're really on a roll right now. What's it like to coach against your former coach at Guilford? Oh, it's awesome. I have, I have a big time with with, with Palumbo. Um, you know, I have Carson on staff and he played for Palumbo yep. as well. So we we you know we Facetime each other. We talk about the games. Um, you know, he's such a class act, man. He has fun with it. He's a uh, He's about as big a competitor as it gets. Uh, but the funny part is he knows that he's probably taught me the majority of what I know. So it's, uh, <laughs> Well, you were with him long enough. <laughs> exactly. So when he calls me, he's like, hey, what do you think? How would you guard this situation? I'm like, look, man. I'd guard You're talking to the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he's, he's the best. It's a lot of fun to compete against him. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I just I appreciate his – his friendship and mentorship and all that. Quickly before I let you go, the coaching tree with Palumbo is obviously strong. You certainly have had your success with him. Uh, I I told Tyler this when he departed. I was disappointed that it didn't work out for him at Ferrum. Just how how difficult is it where you just a lucky bounce, I mean that seriously, can get you in the right situation? Because it seems like Tyler Sanborn's probably – just as capable of being a great coach as you are. He just ended up 
not able to making it work as well as you. I mean, tell me about just that 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 intricacy of the difference between that could be probably a, a little tiny bit between someone like yourself who's having great success now at, at Hamden Sydney and Tyler who's decided that coaching needed to be put in the back burner. Well, yeah, I mean, first off, I think Tyler did an unreal job. Oh, absolutely there. agree with you. Yeah. He got it going. I think if he would have stayed there, he would have continued to, to get it going. But I really think you could go down the list of a handful of guys and you maybe look at their record in our league um, and you think to yourself, oh, man, you know, why, why can't they get it going? And it's got to be – I mean, I can't speak. I'm not in these other institutions, but I've gone I've gone from being a head coach at one place to now the head coach at Hampton, Sydney. I mean, and I can tell you the way things operate here, I mean, are a lot different. Um, so, I mean, it's, I think it's it's hard to tell. I think, uh, you know, the resources that you have, the, the commitment to winning, um, you know, in the athletic department, what, you know, what your admission standards are and the type of people you can get in. Uh, I think there's a, in Division Three. it's just, uh, you know, there's certain places that are really committed. And I think, I mean, you see why there's certain teams at the top all the time um you know that's no fluke you know i think you see really good coaches that are doing great jobs at places with very little resources probably yeah um, and you know maybe they don't they don't get the as much uh hopefully they get respect get respect for me but then maybe they don't get <laughs> in, in the limelight quite as much when, when sure. maybe they should. no good point hey i'd love to talk forever with you love to catch up um Obviously, you were part of those glory day Guilford teams that we all remember so well. Though you weren't there for Jordan Snipes' ninety-some-odd foot heave. Oh, um, I was there. I was. You were. There. I didn't think you were there with that team. I got subbed right out of the game because there's no way I would have gotten that rebound. <laughs> I still contend that if Ben Strong's not standing there, Jordan doesn't get enough arc on the trajectory to make it. Even though Ben ducked, he still had to consider getting over the big man. Um, yeah. I know you guys are all close. It was fun to watch those teams, and I know you're having your success now, and it's fun to watch your team succeed now. I appreciate you coming on and talking. Great to see you having the Sydney back in the spotlight. Congratulations on what you're able to do with the program uh, to to return it to those glory days. And I know, though, you're not done. And I know you got a lot of work ahead. As always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in? I mean, first off, thank you. It's, it's really neat to see – you know, people get excited about Division Three athletics and specifically Division Three basketball. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and it's a world that people need to be, you know, people need to know about. I think there's a lot of good basketball out there. But, uh, no, I encourage people to come out and watch this ODAC race. I think, it, I think it'll be fun. I think the ODAC tournament is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Tiger basketball is here to stay. Yeah, no, congratulations to say the least. It's made the conference – a bit more deep too uh, with your success. So I'm sure all coaches really love that. <laughs> no easy night in the ODAC, that's for sure. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll look forward to uh, talking to you down the road somewhere and uh, look forward to uh, seeing how the Tigers do. Appreciate the time. All right. Thank you, Dave. Take care. Absolutely. Caleb Kimbrough joining us on the uh, Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Congratulations to the Tigers on an outstanding season so far. Um, it's just magical what they're able to do, and I'm really I'm thrilled that Caleb's having the success that he's having. Hey, new top 25 in the women's po- is out. Pat and I ended up tweeting together. I just deleted mine. Uh, there is a new number one in women's basketball. Find out who it is. Uh, you got to go to D. Oh, no, we'll tell you when we come back from the break. Also, 
We'll tell you about the latest newbie in the top 25. But in the meantime, we'll take a break. When we come back, Berea will join us to talk about their team. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to to stop stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% would go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on our simulcast, simulcasting the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. There's a chat there if you want to use it. Also on YouTube at youtube.com slash Hoopsville. Some people have actually messaged us through Facebook. To be honest with you, for some reason, we don't get those. I'm actually going to set something up now to have a better chance of getting them because I just realized why we don't get them. We're on a different, we're on that meta, whatever. Uh, we'll, so we'll at least try and set up the chat room in case someone decides to message us there. So I've got that called up. So hopefully we'll spot those if and when they may happen. Um, women's top 25, as we said, is out. There is a new number one in all land. Transylvania has been skipped. Christopher Newport is the new number one on the women's side. Christopher Newport taking 11 of the first-place votes. Transylvania taking 13, with Scranton taking a single first-place vote. If you're wondering what that means, and there's a difference of nine points, that means those who aren't voting Transylvania at that number one spot are most likely voting them around 5 to 10. 
So there, you can tell that the, the voters have two very different perspectives. There's those who are, are think that they're the best team in the land or one of the top teams in the land, and then there's some who feel they're down a, a bit. They're not right there in that conversation. But congratulations to them. By the way, first time ever, newbies, Laverne is into the top 25 in the women's top 25 poll. Congratulations to them and their program on that accomplishment. Well, let's switch gears. Let's keep talking, though, women's basketball. Berea only has one loss on the season, and if you're wondering, uh, no, they're uh, they're not in the top 25, but they are receiving votes. They're sitting 14 points out of the top 25 right now in the latest poll, having another bang-up season in what is now the new uh, conference, or what is it, Co- conference of college, nope. I don't have it right. We'll double check. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology. Oops, didn't set that up right. Once again, little quirks of the system. Just got to set that tip. There we go. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline to discuss his team is Trent Milby. And Coach, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking the time. Congratulations on a tremendous season. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, also, it's the Collegiate Conference of the South. There we go. Uh, CCS, I like it. I, I, I enjoyed breaking the news all about it, but I'll admit I haven't gotten it to roll off my tongue just as of yet. Um, this is the break off of the USA South. Let's just start there real quick. Break off of what had been a ginormous USA South. We kind of all knew that this was a direction this was walking in time, but admittedly, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, is it hard to be on the receiving end of the side that now has to wait two years before you get your AQ? Yeah. Absolutely, especially with the type of team I have. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that comes with the territory, and, you know, we just kind of roll with it. And I told them, I told them, you can still get in the NCAA tournament. We just got to win a lot of games. And <laughs> so, so far, so good. Yeah, I hear that. You're, yeah, no, just one loss, 20 and one. We'll talk plenty more about that in a bit. Yeah, we should point out the CCS, you got to spend two years uh, on the proverbial um, – seat waiting for an aq though i believe and i actually have to go check the numbers on this i don't know the answer we'll have it for thursday's show i believe there's enough um teams in that scenario uh that maybe allows for a pool b bid but don't quote me yeah i think there's a pool b available yep but don't quote me because there's been quirks with that before um but we believe pool b will be available and we'll probably go to the best team out of the york conference um Listen, we had you on the show a couple years ago, made waves, really had a great season, unfortunately fell in the NCAA tournament. Probably not surprising. You're you're taking this leap forward as part of kind of still new to Division Three in some ways, getting the program to shift into that focus of what Division Three does, how Division Three does its things with tournaments and stuff. Now, in this season, as we're still kind of removing ourselves from the pandemic shutdown and everything, How's the program doing? How how are you all doing? How have you adjusted to the expectations of Division Three? No AQ, uh, uh, with notwithstanding. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, during the COVID season, we didn't even uh, my kids didn't even come to school, so they got the opportunity to stay home. Um, so that was, you know, for the best. And then last year, we kind of got back into playing. Um, had a had a good season last year. Uh, had some injuries there at the end of the year that kind of hurt us. Um, and now I think they finally caught their legs for this year. Um, kind of just getting back in the flow of school and uh, the everyday here at Berea, which you know you have to work a couple hours a day. 
uh, on top of playing basketball and going to class. So it's it's an adjustment, and, and uh, um, we have a good freshman class. You know, the numbers kind of hurt last year because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, we, got, we, we did get a good freshman class in this time. Yeah, you do have a bit of a unique uh, setup. If anybody wants to, we'll try and put a link on to your conversation we had with you in, um, in uh, what was it, 2020. Yeah. 2020. Um, yeah, about about the uniquenesses of, of your setup. Because at that point, you had gotten to, the, to, I think you were having, what, maybe one full practice a week uh, just due to the demands on the students as they exist. Um, that obviously is a different in the recruiting scheme of things, but at the same time, you get the student athletes who want that experience and want that opportunity. But I'm curious, has there been a conversation about augmenting it in any way to help athletes just a little bit more with those time demands and the crunches that they face? Well, the labor, the labor supervisors will work uh, with the student athletes, uh, but they, the student athletes still have to make up those hours at some point. Right. Uh, but they will work with them. So, um, you know, and, and far as emissions goes, I mean, it's just, a, it's a, it's a unique way to get in here. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go into all that detail because no, no. people just shake their head or scratch their head because uh, they yeah. can't grasp it. But uh, it's a unique situation. It's, it's a great deal for the students to get here uh, and get accepted. And we just try to make the best of the situation that we're, we're dealt with. We uh we had a great conversation about it in 2020, and to be honest, we didn't have enough time then. We don't have enough time today. Uh, someday we might get you on for a longer conversation because it is fascinating. And, and again, it, it speaks to Division Three. There is all different kinds of institutions that make this division so great. There isn't one right or wrong way. Let's talk about the team, though. You're, again, you're having a tremendous season this year. Um, and maybe not unexpected, at least not unexpected by my mind. There are voters who are, are taking you guys uh, and looking at you. Your one loss was a Transylvania. We'll get to that in a minute. It, I know it didn't go very well uh, by your standards, by any way, stretch or imagination. But when you look at the the run so far this year, you've got some good wins. A win, a twenty point win over center is nothing to shake a stick at at all. That That's a tremendous outcome. You're dominating the conference right now. Uh, you've got a two-and-a-half game lead on LaGrange, a three-game, oh, three-and-a-half game lead on Piedmont, uh, and some other teams that have been the class of the old USA South in that side of things. But from your perspective, how's the season going? It's going been going well. Uh, the first year, you know, um, Leah Hampton obviously – you know, tore Achilles last March. Uh, I didn't know if she was going to come back 100% healthy. Uh, she hasn't missed a game. Um, wow. So, I mean, yeah, and, and she still isn't fully back. She's starting to show signs of becoming 100% again, which I thought around this time would be the time. I also thought this would be the time she start playing. Uh, but obviously, again, as I said, she hadn't missed a game. Um, you know, and, and she's a big part of our team. And then we had a freshman come in, had some health issues uh, at the start of the season. Uh, and Lynn Kayla Jane, we call her Big Lynn, um, down in the post. And she's changed her whole team. She can, you know, she's, I think she's had seven or eight double-doubles. And uh, it's just changed her whole team. And uh, the sophomore class has stepped up again. You know, last year freshman coming in is off that pandemic and 
they've all just stepped up. We've got a lot of depth. Uh, I think we got six players averaging nine or more points in conference play. Um, so, you know, when you can do that and you can score from all five spots on the floor, you're hard to deal with. And we're, we're athletic and, and can shoot the three and, and, and rebound the basketball. So all good things. Yeah, you mentioned in-conference play. You do. You've got actually uh, eight points or more from six of them uh, with three of them or four of them between 11 and 13 points a game. Overall, you're led by Hampton at 14 points a game, 11.5 from James, 11 points from uh, Satori, 10.5 from Combs. Merriweather's at nine points a game, Spalding at seven. You talk about James, 7.5 rebounds on top of all that and uh, about a block and a half per contest. Uh, and and obviously it's not speaking to everything, but when you have Satori as well, along with Spalding, both equal in assist numbers, you start yeah. diving into those stats and you just see how there's a lot of different weapons for this team, a lot of different options on the floor. That's all coalescing. It's uh, it's somebody different every night. And um, uh, Drea Satori's our, our point guard, but Dalen Spalding played point guard in high school, so. We've kind of got two different point guards out there on the floor at the same time. So, and both of them know how to, to distribute the basketball and they both can, can make shots. So, um, and they're both very good defense. They cause a lot of trouble up there on the front of a press and uh, they give the uh, opposing guards a lot of trouble up there. By the way, only one of the players we just mentioned is a senior, the rest of that yeah. group is back. So no matter what happens this year, you're building even into next year to have a team that has learned a lot, figured things out, and still able to come onto the floor with a lot of weapons. Yes, we're very young. I think, you know, like you said, one senior at Nadesti Combs is a big part of the team. She she has a school record for most rebounds in the game that she got last year. Uh, she's been dealing with some injuries here the last couple weeks. So we're hoping to get her 100% back before uh, the conference tournament. We've got two big games this weekend uh, at LaGrange on Friday, at Piedmont on Saturday. Um, Our mindset is to go in there and and win both games and clinch home home court for our conference tournament. Let me back up quickly because you did, again, we mentioned that Transylvania game. That was a loss, 82-55 at their place the night after you beat center by 20 at Transylvania. What was it about the Transylvania game? Who are you know obviously number two in all the land right now? What, what was it about that game that didn't click for everybody? Um, I mean they're very they're, they're really good. I mean they got five they got five seniors. Um, they play a two three zone that's that's hard to deal with, especially if you it's the first time you've seen it, and it was obviously the first time we've seen it. They play it really good, and they play their roles, and they're, they're very patient. Uh, very disciplined. Uh, we just didn't make any shots, and and they rebounded the basketball, and and then they, you know, I think the second quarter is the quarter that got us. Mm. Uh, I think the first quarter we were tied. Uh, the second quarter kind of snowballed on us, and we just couldn't catch up. And again, they're they're again they're really good. Yeah, no, I, they, they are. They they certainly deserve their ranking. Yeah, if you look at the second quarter, it's fifteen fifteen after one. 
Unfortunately, they outscored you 25-9 in the yeah. second and 20-11 to in the third, and, th- and then the hole was pretty darn deep against a pretty good yeah. and well-coached team. You talk about what's up, up ahead on the road against LaGrange, on the road against Piedmont, before coming home to finish up the home schedule against Maryville, and then on the road against Bellhaven. Uh, correct me because I don't remember the stand uh, the setup, but are the standings determine the host for the tournament, and thus you're still playing for that, or do you guys have predetermined? Um, no, the, the, the number one seed, um, gets the semifinals in the finals. Yeah. So you've got like the one will play eight, nine, and then two play seven, three play six, four play five higher seed is home on that, uh, Wednesday night. Like, I don't know the exact date. No, it's on a Wednesday fine. night. Yep. And then the rem- the highest seed remaining, um, is home for the semifinals and finals. So all the four finalists will come. The four semifinalists will come to the top seed on that Friday and Saturday. Right. And yeah. obviously, it's it's hugely important to get them to come through Berea for anybody who's not yes. uh, familiar, south of Lexington, um, in Kentucky. So obviously, Transylvania. By the way, just for the record, not that far away, but. Uh, or center, I should say. Transylvania is a little further away, but still all within the same genre. It's obviously huge to get them to come to you. You, you would rather not be on the road. You'd, you'd want to force everyone to come through your place because that's going to give you the best chance of, of getting a position to get to the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Plus, uh, you know, the closest trip we have is Maryville, who's two, two hours. So you're looking at, you know, Piedmont's like five and a half, LaGrange is six. Um, Bell Havens on a bus is like 11. Yep. So, yeah, so we want them to come here, officer. Yes, if at all yeah. possible, please come here. All possible, um, yes, and we can have and we can take care of that this weekend. That's what we're hoping to do. So, we'll see. Yeah, no, and again, that's what's so important about what's ahead. Um, at that point, no matter where you end up in the NCAA tournament, is it still about learning and growing this program to see where you can be eventually, or do you want to take advantage of the opportunity and, and go for it right now to you know, win it all maybe or at least get to the Final Four? What's what's the goal for this season? What's on that on that whiteboard for everybody? Well, our goal is always to win. Uh, you know, you get there and then see what happens. I mean, when you get there, you're going to play a very good team. So you're – you know, we feel like we're um, in good position to, to win some games. You sure. know, win. You know, obviously we want to win one. You know, Berea's never won an NCAA game because we, you know, we haven't been here. This is our fifth year uh, at the NCAA Division Three level. So, obviously, the goal is to win the first. You know, get that under our belt and then see what where it takes us. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, you want to go as far as you can. Yeah. I, I just was curious because sometimes I do appreciate that if it's still a learning experience to some degree, and if you go far, it's gravy, but at the, yeah. ultimately it's about improving the program and understanding the hurdles ahead and understanding what the differences are. So I was just, I appreciate the insight that on that. That and, and getting, you know, we're still, you know, trying to get the word out on how Berea College operates. So, you know, because a lot, even the people in, within the state really don't understand how Berea operates day to day. Yeah, it's, it's a unique yeah. institution that I find fascinating. And I, I always catch myself going and looking up more information about it. Because I, I, yeah. 
It is different, and I think it's wonderful. It's got a place, and it works very well, and I congratulate you for what you're able to do. I am kind of curious before I let you go, how much of what you're able to do and the success you've had, first and foremost, able to take from where you were, come into Division Three, and keep it moving forward, how much is that bleeding into other programs and, and other sections of the athletic department to help their programs as well? Yes, the athletic department has improved. Uh, dramatically. Um, you're starting to see some other teams starting to get up in top of the conference, which is good. Uh, our men's basketball just hired a new coach uh, with a lot of energy come in here uh, with some Division One experience, some high school experience. Um, I'm anxious to see what he can do um, with the with the men's team. Volleyball's had a, um, had a good season. And I think they finished top three in the conference. So mm-hmm. uh, it's starting to trickle down and the excitement's coming back. COVID kind of hurt us overall yeah. as far as the fans and stuff, but they're trying, they're, they're starting to come back. Um, and hopefully if we can get home court um, for this tournament, we'll have the fans back. Excuse me. That could be huge. Uh, got, something caught my throat there. Obviously, it could be huge to get the uh, community all around that. It would be wonderful for you. Well, Coach, thanks for the time. Really appreciate the insight and getting us to know the, the Mountaineers just a little bit better. Congratulations on, on a terrific season so far. We look forward to seeing how it all plays out and talking about you in a few weeks' time. In the meantime, we always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those tuned in? Uh, first of all, appreciate you having us. Um, second, you know, for for the ones that's interested, just go Berea, BereaCollege.com or, or D, uh, .edu, Berea Athletics. Check us out. Check our mission out. Um, it's, it's unique, and uh, it'd be a great opportunity for a lot of, uh, lot of individuals. I agree with you. I think it is a unique opportunity, and, and I look forward to seeing how you're able to continue to translate this success down the road. Um, and see where it leads you, and, and, and eventually get that AQ back. <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Trent, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Good luck. We'll All talk right. soon. All right. Thanks. Trent Milby joining us here on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate it. Again, look it up. It's a tremendous mission, uh, a, a very unique institution. Uh, I love what they're doing there. We can talk more about that down the road, but give uh, look it up yourself. I think you'll find it fascinating as well. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll keep talking women's basketball. We'll talk Washington and Jefferson women's basketball in the pack. you listen to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team. Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. For the love of the game, But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. 
It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Continuing to roll along on this Monday evening. should point out, I forgot to mention this in your early part of the show, Thursday's show will be on at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern again. Uh, I have to be, I think I have to be at McDaniel, but to be honest with you, I don't remember where I have to be until I look it up in the calendar. It's either McDaniel or Gettysburg, but I'm pretty sure it's McDaniel. i got to be for a basketball game that evening. Actually, I do know now it is. Um, so we'll do another afternoon show, and then the rest of the way we should be back to our normally scheduled time, and now that I've jinxed that, I'm sure I'll be wrong. But a reminder, a week from Thursday will be the Top 16's announcement, the exclusive right here on Hoopsville. That will be a 7 p.m. show. Um, just a note, the 20th of February, uh, two weeks from tonight, we're scheduled to go on at 7 o'clock. But stay with us and bear with us. I am scheduled to be taking a red eye back from Scottsdale, Arizona the night before, spending three and a half hours in Charlotte's airport before arriving home mid-morning on that Monday I might fall asleep and forget I have a show that night. <laughs> but we got some good ideas booking out for that. We, we may have a really interesting segment of that show. If it's not then, we're going to do it later uh, on in the spring. But um, got some good ideas coming. Don't forget also you can uh, support us, whether it's financially through GiveButter or it is uh, via Venmo. Please support the program. Uh, lots of other ways to support us and talk with us and interact with us and all that jazz. Uh, running a little bit behind, so we'll get going here. Still talking women's basketball. They are 20-2, and 16-1 in conference action. Uh, their one loss uh, in non-conference play came against Ohio Northern in the second game of the season. Their one loss in conference action, which stung a little bit, I'm sure, was at the end of January when they lost to uh, St. Vincent. And bear with me, because somehow our system does not want to pick them up. So uh, i got to make... Sure, everything is working here on our Zoom. Um, but for the most part, when you talk about uh, women's basketball now in the... Uh, yeah, it's not picking us up at all. We'll try and... Yeah, it's not picking us up at all. So bear with me. i got to shut this down. Um, when you talk about uh, women's basketball in the, uh, in the pack, it's all about Washington Jefferson having an absolute terrific season this year. Uh, and doing extremely well. And I'm stalling because I just can't seem to get this one piece of software to work correctly. If you tuned into the uh, the uh, uh, marathon, you saw that this piece of software acted up big time on us uh, late in the year. There it goes. It finally wants to have a, an opinion on things. 
and now we got it back up and running. But joining us on the Hoops Hoopsville Huddle Hotline is Gina DeRubo. 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 I knew I'd get it wrong when I was overthinking it, Coach. I apologize, but I didn't add the I. No worries. Coach joins us from Washington and Jefferson, where the presidents, as we said, are having a bang-up season. Coach, I, I it, it almost feels like, to me, this is the norm, because 25 wins – Last season, 18 wins back in the pre-COVID season, 20 season, uh, 20 wins the two seasons prior to that. You guys have set a benchmark of how you're going to succeed as a program, and you're making sure to live up to it, aren't you? Well, we're trying our best. You know, we've got a really good thing going here, so don't jinx us. We've, uh, we've been well, pretty <laughs> first off, there's no such thing as a Hoopsville jinx. I don't want anybody to think so. Though we are selling shirts that if you'd like to get that on your shirt, you're more than welcome to. We will take advantage of that if necessary. Um, obviously, the St. Vincent game, I'm sure you're looking uh, – you're, you're still looking your wounds a little bit from, and, and it dates back, to obviously, to an Ohio Northern win – second game of the season, but that was the second game of the season. The St. Vincent one, I know in conference play, is at their place, and St. Vincent has certainly been a tough team this year. They're sitting two games behind you in the conference standings. Anything about the St. Vincent win that you didn't like, or is it one of those that that win for them was what it is, and you just got to deal with it and move on? Because on that particular night, they just beat you. Yeah, I mean, they're a good team, you know, and I always tell our kids, we actually had a conversation before, not about St. Vincent, but you know, I felt like our kids were starting to play a little bit tight, and a little mm-hmm. bit fearful, like they've been winning and kind of playing safe, you know, so we had talked about after the Chatham game, we ended up winning at the buzzer, yeah. and I literally said to them in the locker room, like, hey, if we lose a conference game, the world will not end. You know, don't play scared. Like, you know, I don't want to lose a game, but if you do lose a game, like, we're still going to be fine. You know, we go to St. Vincent, they beat us on the road. They played fantastic. Um, So it is what it is, you know, nothing to panic about. It's, it's January or it was January. It's, you know, get into that grind of, oh, then you're on the road. And um, so it just is what it is. You know, we didn't panic about it. I think actually they're playing a little bit freer, you know, since it happened. Well, and sometimes that's what can happen, is is a loss can kind of shake the cobwebs a little bit and free things up because, oh, geez, what the heck, and, and, and you figure things out. And, and I'll be honest, we also know sometimes the opposite can happen because they all tense up. Right. Uh, and and I, that's that mentality, that that idea of trying to keep the mind free that is so, that's so interesting about coaching, especially at the college level, is it not? Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to teach kids not to play with fear, whether it's fear of making a mistake and being pulled out, whether it's fear, oh, we might lose the game, you know, so you've got to, you, we're constantly trying to get them to play free, you know, and we have some kids that take a lot of chances and play fearless, I, I will tell you that, but we have some kids that play really safe and they're more cautious, it's funny how their personality personalities literally come out on the floor. And if my kids are listening, they know who I'm talking about when I say we play fearless and just go 100%. So um, it's the dynamic of your team and how that fits that always makes it interesting. This team made waves last season. Um, The NCAA tournament is never easy, and you got matched up with Transylvania in the first round, and they thanked you for coming to the event, appreciated your kindness for being involved in it, and said, hey, here's 17 points and you can go home now. What is it about that experience and that opportunity that is that is driving the ship this season, or are we overthinking it and you've all moved on? 
Well, you know, we're a young team. Last year we graduated some seniors, obviously, but, um, you know, this year we start three sophomores, you know, and, and we're, we're young. And, but we have talked about early in this year, I made a point to tell them, if you don't want to play Transylvania in the first round of the NCAA tournament, you got to win some of these non-conference games. We got to beat Marietta. You know, we got to beat Carnegie Mellon. We have yep. to do those things early. You know, kids don't view those games as having that big of an impact in November. But I kept saying, if you don't want to play Transylvania or a team like that in the first round, it starts now. You know, and they and they did that. And they, you know, we lost a, a good Ohio Northern team, but um, you know, we did get some good non-conference wins that I hope <laughs> that ensures if we do what we should do, or you know, we don't play a team, the number one team in the country or number two team in the country that early. Well, and to be honest, it's it's tough on the conf- on the scheduling, and, and we'll talk about the conference in a bit because there's a lot to talk about with the PAC right now. But more importantly, you know, you you scheduled a game against Marietta. They've been an absolute um, outstanding program the last few years. Still good, but 15 and six. Uh, they only had six losses all of last season. So obviously, that has maybe a different connotation to it or feel to it. You mentioned Ohio Northern. Okay, you lost, but they're 19-2. and two. It's not like it's a horrible loss. Right. They're having a great season. Yeah. But you have so little wiggle room in terms of scheduling, and it's getting worse. Yeah. How, how do you balance the expectations of what you want to do as a program to what – you're able to just pull off in terms of scheduling. Yeah, I mean, we only have five non-conference games. It, it, so, you know, it is a challenge. I mean, you want to play some really good teams, but you don't want all five of those games to be, you know, top ten teams in the country either. So it is – and then we do the schedule so early. You know, our my, my schedule is done in September before. So I scheduled – one game in particular that I thought would be a better matchup and it didn't end up being so um, based on the previous year, but that's how it goes, right? You never know how somebody else is going to do, but those non-conference games are really important for us just for strength of schedule reasons. You know, we, we are caught with so many conference games. You just, there's nothing you can do about it. And isn't the conference and, and forgive me because my brain has just absolutely gone fried on this one. Isn't the conference grown by a member? Oh, uh, well, we just added Allegheny. Yeah, it was just adding Allegheny, right? Yeah, so Allegheny left the NCAC, and they this is their first year in. I couldn't remember if it was this year or that it was next year. Uh, and I could just look at the standings, David. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. It's easier just me just, to tell you. Just my inside voice coming out a little bit there. Um, but that's the thing is you have such little wiggle room to, to improve yourself that an Ohio Northern result in the second game of the season is more, in, is more spotlighted, has more impact on things. How hard is that to 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 in to to explain to student athletes who may not understand the whole system and may not understand exactly where the goal is as a program? Well, yeah, it's hard for the kids to understand that. Hey, our third game of the year might make or break the season. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's hard. That's a hard concept to grasp. You know, especially when you got a, such a young group. Um, but we kind of started with that message early in the year this year because I knew, you know, what that meant for the end of the season. So, and that's a, 
that's hoping you do what you're supposed to do in conference. You never know about that either. So right. we did, we had that conversation before our first game with Marietta, how important that game was, even though it's game one, um, that it's really important. That game was so important uh, three months from now. So that's a challenging concept to grasp, but they, uh, they have arisen to the occasion for sure. Let's talk about the team as individuals. 13 points a game. Megan uh, Dryber, Dryberg, correct? That's right. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, 12 points a game from Bryn uh, Bizak, by the way. Bizak, yeah. <laughs> Okay, great. Yep. I was going to say, I no matter how this is said, I'm going to love it because I just love the, the middle sound as an announcer. I could have so much fun with that. Um, 10 points a game from um, Adeline Cherry. Yep. Uh, you're getting eight and a half from uh, Sarah... Berardelli and seven and a half from Stephanie Lucian. 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 Oh, jeez. We got to talk about spellings there because that's not Lucian. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I kid. I kid. But back to, to Triberg. By the way, 11 and a half rebounds per game, uh, averaging a double double. That's where this team starts. She's not the leader in blocks, by the way. Uh, she's shooting 47% from the floor. If she goes outside the arc, she's going to hit one one out of three times. Pretty decent free throw shooter on top of that. If if she's the best, and, and that's your options basically on in the middle, in the inside, and she's getting contributions, as we already said, from those on the outside, that's a dangerous double-edged sword for teams to guard. Yeah, I mean, Megan just does a little bit of everything, and she's our assist leader. Like, she yes. just done. Like, she can do everything, and if she's not scoring, then she's making sure other people are scoring. Um, and she just dominates on the boards, and she her three-point shooting has gotten better, and she's more comfortable there. Um, she's really hard to guard. People don't know what to do with her. So we're really happy she's on this team. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the truth. Good recruiting, Coach. Um, so we mentioned the names. We talked about her. But tell me a little bit about how the rest of this team clicks and, and, and what it is about the squad that's working so well. Right. Well, I think the thing we have is, one, our, our chemistry is great, our culture is great, um, and we have a lot of balance. So that's what makes it difficult. We, you know, Bren had 28 points the other night at Allegheny. So we just have – balance and we have various kids that can do that you know on any given night which you know people don't they have to they have to give up something so um you know bren is just she's the one that plays with no fear she's clueless she just goes out and she plays hard and she will just go 100 miles an hour you know from start to finish so she uh she's kind of gotten a little bit of rhythm late and Addie, our point guard, she's just smart and steady, and she runs our team, and she's a really high IQ kid, and she's fourth in the country in three-point shooting at this point. Um, so, but if you stop, you know, people have started to focus on Addie, and now Bren's shooting really well. Um, so it's just our versatility is really great. Sarah's a big force down low. I mean, she's been rebounding better and scored a little bit more here lately, and then you know, with Victoria Coick, she's the defensive player of the year last year, and she's guarding everybody's best player. She's the one that's a little bit undervalued, I think. You know, she doesn't get a lot of things on a stat sheet that, you know, gets a lot of attention, but she really kind of is the glue, like, defensively. she She's a stopper and does a really good job at it. Um, 
You've got three games left, one at Waynesboro, the other two at home, Geneva and Grove City. Yeah. Uh, you've gotten the tough parts out of the way. You've got a two-game lead on St. Vincent, essentially win two of the next three, and St. Vincent is probably uh, – you probably got the home court advantage. Uh, I know you want to do it a little easier than that, just win them all. Right. Um, and, and not worry about it. Though Grove City will certainly be a challenge. They've, they've been a pretty good resounding team of late. Um, what, what's the message to the team as you move forward? Well, I keep telling the team, and we had actually had this discussion today, you know, it's, it's championship time almost. So we should be, you know, even these games that we've got coming up in the next two, we've got to focus on ourselves and being better, stepping out prepared to play, and we should be kind of building our momentum for the con- – every, every season has its ups and downs and little lulls where you're not playing. Real- January is always tough. It's just kind of a grind. But – Now's the time in the year where we should be excited about playing or more excited about playing and just really focusing on getting a little bit better each time we step on the court and building momentum to get ready for the conference tournament. So that's kind of where we are. Apparently I need to work on my focus because I forgot to mention at the beginning of this that we're having you on right after you just played Thiel (laughs) in a game which you won 59-42, which by the way means the graphic on the screen has been wrong. I can't read it. My screens are small. It should point out that there's the 20th win. Because in my genius ability, I booked you before looking at the schedule. I'm sorry. So I should say thank you for coming on right after a, a big win. And thank God they won because I don't know if we'd want to have this conversation. Yeah, that would have been a little rough. I'm not <laughs> if you had tripped up to Teal. Yeah. Um, so I should have pointed that out at the beginning. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, it, it, I know it can be stressful. I know it can be challenging. How do you guys make sure you enjoy the fun? Well, to be honest with you, this group is just fun. They just are. Like, they're goofy. They make fun of each other and me, and I make fun of them. We actually, this team in the last few years, I could keep coaching for for a long time. It's just stress-free, hardly any drama. It, I truly could not love my job any more than I do. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm absolutely thrilled to hear that. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time, especially post-game of your win or deal. I appreciate it. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Just that, you know, we, we hope that uh, we get a good thing going here for the conference tournament. We have a lot of support in, on campus and in this town, so we hope that keeps going. And we just want to, you know, have another experience where the gym is packed and hopefully we're competing for a ch- conference championship. It was a lot of fun last year. The kids keep talking about they just want that feeling again. So let's hope we can get that. Well, as they say, the ball is in their hands to make sure that they get that feeling again. Um, So there you go. Uh, Coach, again, thanks for the time. Take care of yourself. Look forward to catching up with you down the road. Congratulations on the season so far, and we'll look forward to keeping track of and talking more about the presidents as we get uh, further down the road. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Gina Neruba joining us here on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Totally forgot that they had played. I mean, I knew that. I forgot to mention that they had played uh, earlier tonight and got a win. They're 20th, despite our graphics. Congratulations to them. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll head up to New Jersey, talk men's basketball with Rowan, Joe Crispin, about his squad and just how good the Owls, profs, whatever you want to call them, just are this season. You're listening to Hoops Hoops, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. 
Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we roll along. A reminder, coming up, we'll get you ready for regional rankings. Talk about the particulars of the rankings and what you should expect out of the first ones, which will be alphabetical, heads up. Uh, and also get you ready for the what to expect the rest of the way. Um, so if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can get all that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. We're also live simulcasting on YouTube and on Facebook, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville and facebook.com slash hoopsville. We'll try and answer your questions there. We even have the Facebook um, chat room open or the general messaging system open finally because we keep forgetting opening that. Um, so we'll try and keep track of things there if we can. A reminder, Thursday show will be on at 7 o'clock Eastern. We will respond to those regional rankings. We'll talk more about that coming up. Switch gears and go back to men's basketball. Rowan men's basketball is having a tremendous season this year. Um, it's an interesting situation in the conference because I think for some it was a, it was a lot of questions of who was going to be where and how and how good was so and et cetera. A lot of attention was on Stockton after they got to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, but Montclair State's had a good season. Um, they've broken through. Kane certainly got enough attention early on with their undefeated start to the year to about halfway through. Rowan hasn't been under the radar necessarily. They've certainly gotten some attention, and now they're ranked number 23 in the top 25. Uh, but I would say the others were kind of causing some distractions. Well, the distractions are over because I think it's all about the profs as they're dismantling teams 
in the NJAC at this point. So joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned profs. It's the head coach, Joe Crispin, who joins us once again on the program. Coach, first and foremost, thanks for taking the time to join us. Congratulations, because I'd say you're having an absolute bang-up of a season right now. You're, you're literally rolling through some really good teams in the NJAC. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I think we are, but me being the head coach and the person that I am, I'm never real content. Coach, there isn't a single one who I would have expected to answer that content That's right. with the way things were going until we get to the very end of the season when one of them finally says, yes, we won the national title. That's exactly we are content. right. Uh, 19-3 overall, 15-0 conference play. I, 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 I want to circle back. Oh, Actually, I'm just going to stay there now. I want to circle that 15-0 because the NJAC over the last few years has been an absolute cement mixer of a conference you might have good teams, you might have national contenders, but you all chew each other up so badly that I would argue many come limping out into March, either because they weren't as good as we thought they were, admittedly, or the conference has destroyed them, that they're not ready for March play. And that's not a knock on them. I just mean there's injuries and, and there's fatigue and all of that. You're 15-0 and 0 in this conference right now, Joe. You've got a two-game lead on Stockton at thirteen and two. Montclair is twelve and three. Kane's nine and six. Kane started the season what fourteen and zero, I think. Yep. Yep. How are you staying above the fray? Well, it's an answer to prayer because I pray for health more than anything else. I, I find that <laughs> healthy, good players make me a real good coach. And yes, uh, we, yes. Did, we. I mean, you were describing our team from last year. We limped into the postseason. Yeah. We had two ankles. We had. A bunch of stuff happened, and we were a shell of ourselves by the time we got to the NCAA tournament. So we're just hoping for health. Uh, we were banged up a little bit last week trying to get through that. And like you said, the NJAC presents some difficulties. We play 18 conference games. There's an eclectic mix of teams, very different styles. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's a lot of familiarity, too. Like, kids know each yeah. other. It's, it's intense. It's different. Um, styles of play, the whole thing. Now, that presents some opportunities, too, um, and I think we've done a good job preparing our group to win in different ways, which I think you need to be able to do come NCAA tournament time as well. Um, you can't just play the same way all the time, and, and if you can win big or small or a little faster or a little slower, adjusting some things defensively, I, I hope it gives us an advantage uh, when we have to face some different teams in the in the tournament. It's interesting you talk eclectic because I've said for a few years here there's been a lot of coaching changes, and I think you and I talked a little bit about this last time, in the NJAC that has brought in different mentalities, different ideas, different strategies, etc. And so you have this mix now of a little bit of the old guard. Nothing wrong with them. you got some great coaches in that old guard. And you've got a little bit of the new guard or at least the outside NJAC mentality because those coaches who come in have not necessarily been of the NJAC ilk. And as a result, you have this eclectic group now. You don't have everybody doing the same old, same old. While that's great in some ways, it's got to be a challenge as a coach when you've been so used to how things were done, even as an assistant, that now you don't know exactly Kane doesn't fit the mold anymore, or Montclair State doesn't fit the mold anymore, or NJC, uh, uh, NJCU doesn't fit. What's that like nowadays? Well, I think one of the things that we realized last year, uh, we had a really talented group and a lot of returners, but 
we we weren't able to win in a variety of ways. Um, we weren't able to go bigger, for example. Uh, we weren't able to just beat people from three when they were not guarding the line as well. Um, we weren't able to beat people maybe from two. Uh, we were really good at getting the free throw line, but the, the you know mid-range one-on-one. So we worked hard to round out our roster in a way that we had answers for those things. Um, and one of the things that we've tried to focus on is becoming a team that can answer whatever problems we face, um, whether it's style of play or defensively or strategy or rebounding, but also can present problems to the other team that maybe they don't have an answer for. And we, we do have an eclectic mix in the conference, but we also have an eclectic mix on our team um, of just not just um, a personnel, really, just what guys are able to do. And it's been a fun challenge to figure out how to use that on a nightly basis because uh, some nights, you know, one night you'll see a guy lead us in scoring and the next night he shoots two or three times. And I think that's one of our greatest strengths. And I do think that has what helped us, what has helped us in the NJAC so far. And hopefully we can finish well. Uh, looking back at the season, you're on a, sorry, doing quick math. I should just go to the standings page. It would tell me the answer, but I think you're on something what like a, 10-game winning streak uh, to some to some point? Sorry. Yeah, I think 11. it's 10 or 11, yeah. but it's, my mind, it's zero. Yeah, well, of course. In our minds, it's not. It's 11. Darn it. Yes. Um, yes, it's never enough, but it's, no, it's good. No, of course not. Yeah, you, you could go undefeated and win a national title. I'm quite, pretty sure I could pick your brain and find out where you wanted the team to improve. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, but 11-game winning streak, your last loss was to Maryville, and that – had come after you guys got off to an eight-game winning streak because the start of the season, I'm pretty sure you weren't thrilled with. You guys lost to a good Swarthmore team, don't get me wrong, by a point, 71-70. But then uh, a week later, we're on the road at Marymount and tripped up by a point to them, 13-8 squad, got back on the horse, beat Wesleyan easily, beat Stockton in a high-scoring affair, Got into conference play, rolled along, got some wins over Cabrini and non-conference play in Salisbury, and then Maryville tripped you up. Tell me a little bit about that sequence, uh, that two-game, that eight-game, that single game against Maryville. Uh, and then, by the way, you should point out, barely getting past Lancaster Bible, which took overtime the next night. What was that first half of the season like? Well, it was figuring each other out. I mean, we we always try to do things in a way that's, I call it, slow cooking. But, you know, early in the year, I had three guys in our rotation who hadn't played college basketball and two and a half years, more or less, two seasons. Um, you know, one of which, because of COVID, multiple different things. Um, so it, you could tell. And sometimes you couldn't tell necessarily offensively, but defensively is where it comes out. Um, just clarifying an identity, figuring out kind of how it mixes. I mean, we're always a kind of a high-octane tempo team, but um, that doesn't mean we always do things in the same way. Um, so whether it was that... The second game, I, I didn't mind losing to Swarthmore first game. It was a great game. Could have gone either way. Um, but the next game, we didn't play well. Um, and there were circumstances. We were three and a half hours on the bus. We were 45 minutes before the game. There was all sorts of stuff. But, you know, we didn't play well. And it made us really wake up. And I think it did help us over the, the next course of the game. And like I said, staying healthy. We were missing Josh Wright, who was a primary firepower off the bench over the Christmas break. Um, and we missed him. There was no doubt about it. Uh, we struggled and it was, you know, after the break, week off, not quite there, turned the ball over, 
we were lucky to get past Lancaster Bible, and we were certainly not happy with the way we played against Maryville, though they played very well to beat us. We were we thought we stunk, so uh, we were disappointed. We wanted to play Macon, uh, give it a shot down there, uh, but we didn't get to. And again, I think our guys, each time we've had a little bit of adversity, have responded well. Um, and you know, winning has a way of putting you to sleep, and it, it's hard when you have a group that that hasn't just dominated ever uh yeah. whether it's together or individually to try to teach them how to be focused and prepare really well and uh, even last week we didn't do our best and we got by with it but we don't want to do that again um fair. and that's part of the learning process for this group yeah fair i totally get it uh it makes sense since then things have been worked out as we mentioned uh sitting on that 11 game winning streak you got new jersey city on the road coming up uh, then you're at home against Rutgers, Newark, and Montclair State, who we mentioned has had a breakout season this year, 18-4, and 12-3. and three. So a lot to play for while you have a little bit of a comfortable lead in the conference at two games. Unfortunately, you got three to play. So we haven't locked anything up yet. I assume you want to make sure this goes through home in the conference yeah. tournament because it's a lot easier to lick the wounds and, and not be as beat up if you're not having to travel to and fro. Yeah, I mean, we lost that Stockton last year, and naturally we would have liked to have been at home for that, and we had our own injury issues and reasons why we weren't able to do that. So that's been one of our guys' goals. And more importantly for us, uh, we we are very competitive. Naturally, we want to win every game we play, but our focus throughout the season has been we want to improve. We want to get better. We need to add things to our game. Uh, we've been pretty effective offensively throughout the year. We have a lot of talented guys. We attack from a lot of angles. Um, but defensively is is one that when you're a really explosive offensive team, sometimes it's it's tough to stay focused and recognize that we got to lock in. Um, we're really confident on the offensive end. But, you know, Wednesday will be a different kind of test than Saturday or next Wednesday. I mean, these are different games um, going into Jersey City. It's It's always a difficult game to win and you know the, the focus is on preparing improving and then playing our best in late february and march and thankfully we're on track to do that but you know we we don't take anything for granted this week yeah no i get it uh, and certainly uh the challenge awaits as they say let's talk about this team a little bit at least from a, a statistical perspective um sorry i'm making sure i click on the right link there i i almost didn't outscoring your opponents by 14 points a game uh, is considering how many conference games you've gotten in this at that point, that's nothing to shake a stick at. It's pretty darn impressive. Uh, I am not going to get names right here. I'm going to apologize now. Noel. Uh, Jazir? Jazir, yep. Oh, I overthought it. 20 points a game, seven rebounds a contest. Um, he's one of your leaders in assists. He's uh, your leading block guy at 30 blocks this season. Um He's certainly what what is stirring the drink here. He is shooting 50% from the floor, 38% from beyond the arc, 80% from the free throw line. I know there's others to talk about, and we will get to them because you have five and double figures. But what is it about Noel that is working so well that the team is also feeding off of? Well, he's a happy, unselfish kid who can score in a variety of different ways. I mean, it's as simple as that. He's... All the guys respect him. He's incredibly talented. But I think the way he does it is the important thing. Like he walked in, everyone knows him. Um, you know, this is this is a, a very New Jersey, South Jersey group. So everyone knows each other beforehand. Um, but to come in on a team that returned 
uh, I think almost everybody of our top leading scorers. I mean, we returned everybody uh, from last year. Um, you know, and you add your best player, that can be disruptive. Um, and a little bit it was at the beginning of the season. Um, but he does it in such a way that it's a quiet 20. It's a quiet um, 25 sometimes. I mean, it, one game at Marymount that we lost, he had 33 on 16 shots. I mean, he does it efficiently. He does it unselfishly um, and, and happily. And I think that's the key is when you have a really talented group, um, your best players really need to not only know who's who, but also just respect one another. And if your best players are in on just, I don't care whether I shoot the tees or whether I score, we just want to win. Um, that makes it easy for the rest of the group to fall in line. And Jazeera does a good job of that along with our other leading scorers. Yeah, uh, that's pretty impressive. We talk about the others. 14 points a game, just a shade under for Marcellus Ross. Excuse me. Um, Andrew uh, Seeger's got 13 points a game and seven and a half rebounds per contest. Josh Wright has got uh, 12 points per game, 10 points per game from uh, Connor Dickerson. I know there's other guys to talk about, but that's kind of your bulk of scoring, your rebounding, your assists, steals as well. Dickerson's got nearly 50 for the season, and there's a bunch of others who also have a lot of steals. Uh, a quick shout-out to Damian Smith on that category. Yes, Noel's getting those points, but, man, you're getting a lot of other contributions from a wealth of other players. Yeah, we have. It's just a diverse group. Um, that's what we've tried to build is just guys of different gifts um, and and kind of chucking them in the pot and figuring out how it works. Um, and I think, you know, we did this at one point. I asked our group, how many of you have led a college game in scoring? And I think we had 11 um, of our group. And that's it. That's one of our greatest strengths throughout the year. I think we've had seven or eight different players lead our team in scoring. Um, and that makes us dangerous. Um, and as long as the guys are on the same page that the win is the key, you got to roll through guys who have matchups and who are feeling good that night. And if you allow that to happen, some special things that um, can happen. And, and this group has done a really, really good job of that. And again, Jazeera leads the way in that. Connor Dickerson is a central leader in that. Marcellus, who was all region last year, you know, uh, was our leading scorer last year. Now he's second, but he had 27 last night, you know, or Saturday. Right. So, you know, Josh Wright comes off the bench and he's a point a minute guy, or he's, he's more or less. So, you know, when guys Which is great. are selfish, yeah. Um, you, when you have that kind of firepower, it is important for guys to be unselfish and be bought in. And we got Hafiz Melvin, who was one of our leading scorers last year, didn't play first semester and is back second semester. Uh, Dre Vilmar had double digits the other day. I mean, we, we have a lot of guys who can score, uh, which is why we can score. And, you know, when people ask, me what we do it's like eh, it's just kind of stay out of their way and make sure we <laughs> guide them to get pretty good shots and i think most of them enough of them will go in yeah you go to the category leaders just for the record uh it, it's a it's a mix of players it's not one name we mentioned jazir but one two three four five six seven i'm seven categories in. i got seven different names eight categories in eight different names uh, i'm sorry i'm looking at a different Category. No wonder I had eight names for eight different things. I was talking to somebody who saw you recently against TCNJ, and I, and I actually think they saw you before the game, and he basically wrote and said, there's no chance here. They are way too good. 
They're going to absolutely roll over, which you did against a very good TCNJ squad. How do you guys keep that from getting into your heads in the sense that you go in overconfident? Well, it's not easy, Um, particularly because our group is very confident offensively. Um, And and what I like to tell people is one of my goals anytime in the beginning of the year, I I just want to play a fun style of ball. We want to win, but – you know, the way we play is our best recruiting tool. I let kids play. We shoot quickly. Uh, we attack. I'm trying to teach them the playground, old man style of ball. Like, where's the matchup? <laughs> let's keep this simple. You know, let's let's play ball the way we all know how to play ball. And, you know, I think that's that's fun for us. But when you have not just, you know, we've been very efficient this year offensively, but we're also very explosive. Uh, and I find it to be fun when you're confident in your offense. Uh, but I think when you're too confident in your offense, you can become too chill on defense. And that's been our challenge is, is not all the time, but at times um, riding our offense a little too much and daring people to keep up with us. I think it caught us up at Marymount. They hit shots really well and we didn't need to be in that situation. So I think that's been a learning curve for our group, but I, I do confess i like that problem um and the way we put it the way we put it is like pick your poison if you want to take him away we usually it's not like we're running plays for people it's if you take him away we don't care we got somebody else who will who will take advantage of it and uh that's just kind of the way we roll here and our guys have embraced that and it it does take some maturity and selfishness so i give our guys a lot of credit for that I think I figured out four or five guys um, lead in different categories. So you have a bunch of different players who are certainly leading. And that, and that's not telling the whole story um, because it, just looking at the assist numbers, for example, and steal numbers, how many different players have so many uh, solid numbers in those categories uh, speaks volumes. Um, quickly before I let you go, obviously it stung last season. You, you, you had higher expectations. As you said, went in limping a little bit to the NCAA tournament. What's the message to the team? How are you guys getting prepared? Not only for these final three regular season games, but for the conference tournament that's going to mean so much because let's be honest, you're kind of in a position where hosting an NCAA tournament game, I haven't looked at all the guys' information that they've put out there yet, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that New Jersey and your place are going to be at least the first weekend being able to control your own destiny. But that's been a goal of ours from the beginning. I mean, our group having tasted it last year, I mean, we we really, I, I confess, I mean, I was a miserable 23 and six coach last year. I really was. I mean, we had a lot of things happen that we were really frustrated about. I thought we handled it pretty well. Um, but, you know, we're we're going into the, the final week of the NJAX last year playing 10. And by the time the NSA tournament came, we had a rotation of like seven and a half. Yeah one of whom shouldn't have played. So, you know, I don't take any of this for granted. Um, we want to improve and get better. We want to finish strong, but we also want to embrace all our NJAC games in such a way that we're improving our game planning, improving our personnel, staying healthy so that when the NSA tournament comes, we can be in the best position to succeed. Um, so naturally, we respect our NJAC opponents for sure. I mean, our guys... Uh, know what happened last year, but uh, we want to win that, of course, and then be very prepared and healthy for the NSA tournament to play at home. That's been a goal from the beginning. Uh, and then go past that. I mean, this group wants to 
break through that glass ceiling, so to speak. No, it's it's been an impressive season. I tip my hat to the profs. By the way, I somehow wrote owls on a tweet just tonight. Brain clearly not in gear. Uh, just for the record, owls are smart, so I, I consider it a compliment to you guys. <laughs> um, it just clearly my brain wasn't in gear. Uh, I'm not being profs. Make it sound as make it sound a little uh, intimidating. There. Hey, listen, my puppy uh, does not like owls. We've had a few this spring. Uh, got one got close, and and we our our late night walk went from a general stroll to no we're going home very quickly in his opinion so uh listen owls owls can be fearful or uh, fearsome um i appreciate the time uh, great chatting with you i could keep going i could do it with all our guests but i really enjoyed our chat with you joe and looking forward to seeing how you guys uh play it out the rest of the way i'm voting for you in my top 25 i think you're a solid team and i think you're a scary team i, I think if you guys have the right matchups uh, I could turn some heads in the NCAA tournament, so congratulations. As always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? i just say good luck to the teams. I'm hoping for coaches, for teams to be healthy and finish well and, uh, and, and hopefully as many as you can play the best ball you can in February and March. Yeah, well said. I agree with you entirely. It's, it's a lot more fun when everybody is healthy and having fun. Joe, take care of yourself. Enjoy the rest of the way. Uh, I, I suspect you're having a little more fun this season than last, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. For now. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, exactly. For now. Always on a minute-by-minute basis. Joe, take care. Yeah. Joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time to do that. Uh, outside of those three games, folks, they, they've got a fearsome team. Uh, again, New Jersey City on the road. Then they're at home. They hope for the next few weeks, not only for the next last two games of the season, but for, then for the NJAC tournament and maybe the NCAA tournament. I think they're in a position. We'll have to look at the data and, and dive into that more as the regional rankings come out this week. Speaking of which, we will talk about that when we come back. We'll wrap up with talking about regional rankings and everything else that goes along with that. Also, quick, give you a quick idea of my top 25 ballot which i have not posted in several weeks i do apologize i will try and and make that happen tomorrow uh, by putting out what i've done the last few weeks so people can get a look at it um but lots more to cover you're listening to hoops hope presented by d3hoops.com for the wbca nabc studios talk regional rankings and wrap up the show when we come back so if you got questions fire them away are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. We 
we've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along on this Monday evening, a little bit of business homework and uh, whatever you want to call it to get done. So if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook. We're live simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash hoopsville, or on YouTube, youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. And BJ's listening to the show. Uh, loves the extra shows. We definitely will have extras coming up. Um, so let's quickly talk about the schedule coming up. Thursday will be on the air at 7 o'clock, e- or at 1 o'clock Eastern time. I'm just realizing I may have sent out emails saying otherwise. I'm kind of curious. What did I do? Yeah, this might be fun to find out uh, mid-show. We'll pick out one that I know I sent out recently. See what I said. Nope, I said I had the right time. Phew. Anyway, 1 o'clock Eastern time will be when that show hits the air. We'll go for about th- uh, two or so hours uh, talking Division Three basketball. Uh, we've already got our guests lined up a little bit. Looks like we'll have um, Harden Simmons on the show. Um, who else did we uh, look to book for that program? Um, Utica men's basketball is set to go. We have a few other invites that are out to go. So we'll, we'll talk to those programs and some others. Again, that's at 1 o'clock, and we'll have our first chance to react to the regional rankings that will be coming out on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll get back to those in a moment. Next Monday, normal time, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Then on the 16th of uh, February, coming up in... Um, week and a half's time, we'll have the exclusive announcements of the top 16s. We will have both committee, well, both committees represented on that show as we announce who are the top 16s based on regional rankings, basically who would uh, be in a hosting situation if everything was in a perfect world. We'll have that announcement, plus we'll have a panel react to those top 16s. That is basically the exclusive show on Thursday, the 16th of February, we probably will, I'm pretty sure we'll not do anything else barring any major breaking news that evening. So that is coming up on the 16th. And we got to make graphics for the rest because, uh, I well, I should just make graphics, obviously. But coming up after that, uh, we will have uh, Monday the 20th. We should be on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern time. The 23rd, we should be on at 7 o'clock Eastern time. And then the 26th, that's Sunday. We have our selection Sunday show that usually starts about six o'clock. We'll play around with that. Uh, looking forward to some um, great content with that, including our two selection panels 
uh, to put that all together. We're working on those details. And then the Monday, the 27th, we will have the bracket breakdown show. The two brackets will be released by the NCAA Division Three earlier in the day. And then we will break those brackets down in the evening. Um and that should do it for now. That's the rest of the, of the month of February. Um, we are doing our fundraising campaign. You can see our goal went up $100 during the show. I appreciate our anonymous uh, um, individual who donated to the show as part of that. Really appreciate them. As you can see there, we're up to $1,100 plus on the Give Butter side of things. As you can see, our QR codes there. If you want to take it, I'll leave it up on the screen there for a bit. If anybody wants to use uh, the QR codes, whether they're watching on the big screen or something, you can use their phone on the QR. That gets you to Give Butter. Um, but we also have our Venmo going, and Venmo is up uh, as well, thanks in part to uh, the aforementioned uh, aunt who was so kind to donate. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Venmo total is up to uh, five hundred, almost five hundred fifty dollars. So that that equals the sixteen seventy three. You see there. Our initial goal is five thousand, but to be honest with you, we'd love to double that. Um, we also have our merchandise store open. Uh, you're welcome to check things out there. Uh, we'll we'll promote and push that hard over the next few weeks. Uh, the merchandise store will only be open for another week and a half. It will close late on the seventeenth after our selection special. That way they can turn around the shirts and hopefully get them out the door for the first weekend, maybe the, maybe at the latest second weekend of the NCAA tournament. We want them out before uh, we get any further in the year because they do need two to three weeks time to close the store, turn around, and get them out the door uh, for those who are, have ordered. Uh, there was a request for polos. We'll look into maybe adding those to the store. But at this time, it's T-shirts, long T-shirts, lots of creativity. You could even say like, you know, Goucher supports, uh, Hoopsville, which we certainly appreciate. So there you go. Looking forward to that, um, and we appreciate any of the support. The merchandise does benefit the program, and we appreciate all of those who do that. All right, let's go back to the regional rankings. Regional rankings will come out Tuesday and Wednesday. This is how it works. On the men's side, rankings will come out on Tuesday. So everything is through the Sunday of the previous week. So regional rankings for this week are through Sunday's games, just like the top 25. The... Regional committees, the RACs on the men's side, met today, Monday. The national committee will meet tomorrow, Tuesday, depending if you're listening to this on-demand or podcast. And then their rankings will come out Tuesday afternoon at some point. The first rankings always tend to be delayed. First, because the committee uh, is is still getting used to doing it all. There's new people in doing it all, so it gets a little bit delayed. But furthermore, sometimes Atlanta forgets to update NCA.com. But we will have them at d3hoops.com the moment we see them. Then on Wednesday, the women will do it. The women, I believe, their schedule hasn't changed. They will meet Tuesday as a rack tomorrow, Wednesday as a national committee, and then release their rankings Wednesday afternoon. I don't believe that is altered in any way. Um, that's why they're doing it on Wednesdays. The regional rankings will be alphabetical. Remember that. There is no data for results versus regionally ranked opponents. We will not see that data on the PDF sheets that give us the SOS, uh, their, their Division three in-region uh, results, uh, their, their win-loss percentage. We will not get results versus regionally ranked opponents. We can extrapolate, once we have rankings, who is ranked and, and what their results versus regionally ranked opponents would be but that is data that the committee does not have as they do this 
now, which is why it's alphabetical, rightly or wrongly. The committees are, region, are putting them out alphabetically because they know a significant primary criteria point is not there. And the moment they rank, it becomes available, which would change how they would rank. Again, if you want to go in depth with me on this, we can talk about how, why I want the pre-rankings to be published uh, as just a pre-ranking to fill in that hole, but I digress. Um, so that will be week one. Week two, which isn't a week from now, the same schedule applies. Men will release on Tuesday. Women will release on Wednesday. Now they will be in ranked order, and it will have the data from those who were previously ranked as results versus regionally ranked opponents. Now, they are not officially ranked on the sheets. The committees have hinted that they know where those teams, quote-unquote, finished. I think that's a little flawed because they wouldn't have finished there with the VRRO data. But they can extrapolate from there. And so in week two, not only will we see significant changes because they are ranked, we will see significant changes because of VRRO data, their RRO data, whatever you want to call it. Results versus regionally ranked opponents usually just turns into VRRO for many. That data now is in there, and that usually shuffles everything up. Also, you have another week of results to add in. Week three will happen the same way. You will get Tuesday the, the men, Wednesday the women. You will get another week of data. You will have a, the SOSs continue to move more towards the middle. Uh, you have more results versus regionally ranked data. Things change into week three. A reminder, at the very end, on the final weekend of the regular season, the racks will meet usually Sunday morning. They Before some games are, and conferences are finished, which is something we will certainly dive into later on, they will come up with their rankings and contingencies based on what results might be later that day. They will send them to the national committees. National committees will get that information and work from there. They will come up with a week four ranking. However, the national committee will run the results versus regionally ranked data one more time on that week four data. So now that they're ranked in week four, they run the data one more time to see where they ranked in week three and week four. Because at that point, they can look at two rankings. And they will make any final adjustments they need to make to those rankings to come up with the final rankings, which are used for selections and bracketing and are eventually released to everybody after the brackets have been released. I hope that makes sense. I know it's not the easiest to follow, but week four rankings are done Sunday. The national committee gets those, makes any adjustments they need to make. They run the data one more time for results versus regionally ranked opponents. See where people are ranked in the those rankings and in week three. You, you don't get punished. For example, if someone fell out of the week rankings because of the conference schedule, uh, tournament, you still get that because they were in week three. They then finalize the rankings after moving teams one more time, and that's what we use. So I hope that all makes sense. We will effort ourselves to glean what those final rankings are. There are some years we are incredibly successful. There are some years we are incredibly not successful. 
And then on that Sunday night show, we will do our mock selections using the information that the committees have, though not all the details because they have more details than we have. And we will do our best to come up with who we think is in the NCAA tournament. D3hoops.com will then turn around and make a bracket out of those selections. Um, And then we find out on Monday how wrong or right we were. Last year was a bit of a joke because we were discussing teams at the very end. I was pushing hard for one team in particular. Others were pushing for another. The ultimate decision went to the other. It turns out the team I was pushing was the one that made it in. That doesn't happen every year. Um, On the men's side, we have gotten every one of them right. A handful of occasions, we usually get one or two wrong. On the women's side, I think it's about 50-50 on getting them absolutely right. There's just differences in the way the two sides do things that just makes things um, a little bit different. Um, And as a result, it it just makes it a little bit challenging um, to get it all right. it's, It's not an easy thing to do to say the least. Uh, we love doing it. It's just, it can be, it can be challenging. Long story short. Uh, looking around to see if we have any questions again on Twitter or anywhere else or on email. Um, trying to see if we can uh, support anybody um, in whatever ways we can. I'm, I'm double checking if we got any direct messages and all that stuff. Um, I don't think we have. I just don't want to miss anything because we have missed things uh, in the past. Um, Let me quickly talk about the uh, top 25. We don't have a panel this week on the men's side. We will try to have one on the women's side midday. i got to double-check with everybody make sure they're good to go with that. Um, I've not released my top 25 in several weeks. I apologize. certainly talked about it here on the show, but I haven't shown it in detail, which is just my my mistake or my issue. Um, Bear with me a second. I need to make one change here um, to something to, to help out the family a tad bit. Um, there we go. So um, um, I've stuck with Randolph Make It as my number one vote. I changed that. Um, last week is not a knock on St. Joseph's. I've just been so impressed with how Macon has gotten through the ODAC once again, still undefeated. They have now lost... Uh, two ODAC conference games in the last four seasons um, and none in the last two. Uh, St. Joseph's had a little bit of a struggle against LaSalle. That, that wasn't the reason I knocked them down. It was just because Randolph-Macon hasn't had those outcomes, and so I moved Macon ahead. Uh, Keene State is sitting third for me, Mount Union four, and Christopher Newport five. Um, the only thing of note, I had Nazareth, North Park, WPI, Rochester, and Emory removed from my ballot. Um, they all were 19 or below on mine. I added uh, Rowan, Utica, Case Western, Reserve, Wash U, Trine, and Mary Harden Baylor. Is that right? I feel like I'm missing one. I must have removed another that I'm free. Oh, and I, let, I removed West Connecticut too. So I removed six and added six, and those six were Rowan, Utica, Case Western, Reserve, Wash U, Trine, and Mary Harden Baylor. Thought about voting for Carlton. I, I, I thought about voting for. Um, let's see. I voted. I thought about voting for Carrollton. I thought about voting for Wabash. I thought about voting for um, Texas Dallas. I, I considered voting for Tufts. I considered voting for Pomona Pitzer. I've, I, there's there's a whole mess of teams I I considered voting for. There's just not enough room. There's a lot of really good teams this year. Uh, plain and simple across the board. But I'll, I'll tweet out or I'll I'll hopefully be able to blog more about it 
and what my uh, my ballot was uh, as we get a little bit closer or as we get to tomorrow. That that's my hope, my goal. Uh, knock on wood, we'll we'll make that happen. Um, so there you go. Um, final call for any questions. If we have, tweet us at D three Hoops or hashtag Hoops. will join us on the live streams, whether it's um, um, YouTube.com or uh, Facebook. Uh, you can ans- ask your questions there. Again, Thursday show will be on at 1 o'clock. We'll have reactions, 1 o'clock Eastern, live. We'll have reactions to the uh, regional rankings. We will have uh, a look ahead at what will be the following rank- rankings. We'll have reactions to whatever's happened during the week. We already have guests. We have uh, Harden Simmons women and Utica men already lined up. We have others that will be finalized here um and so on and so forth it's a great time of year i can't believe we're down to three weeks left in the regular season it's just mind-blowing to me uh though it's been a different year across the board and so i guess i shouldn't be totally surprised by the fact um that things have changed um or that we're running out of time essentially but uh it's been a blast um thanks to our guests uh on tonight's show uh and especially their sports information directors um Oh, we'll get, by the way, we'll get the scores here before we before we lock off. Just a few games that were taking place tonight. But uh, big thanks to uh, Caleb Kimbrough from Hamden, Sydney, Trent uh, Milbury from Berea, uh, Jenna DeRubo from Washington Jefferson, Joe Crispin from, um, from uh, Rowan. Uh, also, again, their sports information directors, Chris Webster uh, at Berea, really thank uh, for his time. Uh, Gregory uh, Prudy at uh, Hamden, Sydney. Uh, Adam uh, Zabrowski for his help, uh, and um, and because these people do uh, yeoman's work, and and I really appreciate it all the time. Um, and I am forgetting one. I apologize because I want to get I want to get her last name right. That's the only reason. I know it's <laughs> know who it is. Funny thing is, I can't seem to find an email from her. Uh, we were just talking the other day. How in the world? Do I not have her email right in front of me? Bear with me. That's kind of dumb. Um, oh, I added Adam Zabrowski. I, I think that's from Utica. I had the wrong person. <laughs> oh, I'm fine, folks. Just a long day. Aaron Thompson is who I meant to think at Washington and Jefferson uh, for his help. And I, I kid you not, I just don't want to screw up the last name. That's why I'm um, looking for this other one. Maria Wozniak. That's what it is. Wozniak. Maria. Uh, thanks, um, Marie, uh, Marie Wozniak from Rowan. Uh, I, I want to make sure I get those names right because they do really hard work, and we really appreciate it even outside of um, the, the week that is dedicated in, in support of them. And um, it helps do our show. And, and just a quick side note to the sports information directors out there, helping us update D3Hoops.com does a ton of work, and it gets people to your website as well. So consider helping us out there uh, as well if you could. Um, I think that will do it. Um, I don't see any questions that have come in, so I guess we'll sign off for the night. Reminder on the regional rankings, I should have pointed out, the primary criteria is winning win-loss percentage. It will not be results versus regionally ranked opponents. It will be common opponents. Um, there's a bunch. It's on d3hoops.com. If you go to our website, uh, go up to uh, news, go down to... Uh, regional rankings, even though we don't have regional rankings in there right now, we have the final ones in there. We have the tournament FAQ, the NCAA tournament FAQ uh, set up where we answer some of the, the very common questions 
that people have. Uh, it, it starts a little bit with the tournament base, but then it gets into some of the regional stuff. Um, what what counts as a regional game, for example? Um, what decisions get made on what? For example, uh, primary criteria and no particular win-loss percentage. Head-to-head competition against Division Three opponents. Results versus common Division Three opponents. Again, won't be part of it on the first week. Results versus regionally ranked Division Three opponents. Um, again, we'll have to wait. Strength of schedule in the Division Three side of things. Uh, which is your opponent's winning percentage, which is two-thirds of it, and your opponent's opponent's winning percentage, which is one-third of it. Um, We have those questions you can answer. So go to d3hoops.com. Go to the News tab at the top of the page. Go down to Regional Rankings, and you can get a lot of that information. We also have Strength of Schedule numbers. On the men's side, we link to the information that Matt Snyder does at um, his blog, which is updated. Uh, for example, and he then kind of predicts where he thinks who will be ranked where based on his data. And he doesn't have it all, but it's just based on the data he has. And on the women's side, we have uh, the strength of schedule, which is a little bit easier because the numbers are a little bit easier to come up with. We have that um, information as well. So go down to strength of schedules there and you'll find information on the women's strength of schedule for the season. So we've got it all at d3hoops.com. Make sure to use that resource. We certainly hope it will be beneficial to you. And with that, we'll sign things off. If you would like to be a sponsor or an advertiser on this show, please contact us. We have got some big shows coming up. A lot of people will be watching. You want to get your name in front of things? Let us know. Contact us. We'd be happy to make an arrangement and get you on board with how everything works here. You know how to get a hold of us. Um, In the meantime... I want to thank our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, along with the National Association of Basketball Coaches, Huddle Blue Frame Technology, and, of course, D3Hoops.com for all of their support of our work um, and in many other ways. I want to thank everybody who came on the show. I want to thank everybody behind the scenes as well for their help, including my family. And we'll look forward to seeing you here Thursday. Again, 1 o'clock Eastern time. We will react to the regional rankings that have come out, and we will get ready to start looking ahead at the Nets next set of rankings while talking to some great guests. And we hope to have the women's top 25 panel on as well. Riley Zayas, um, uh, Scott Peterson, I believe, will get on. I'm trying to find a, another one to join them, but struggles so far. But we'll see if we can get off that, that snide and, and get another voice in here as well. And that will do it. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to watch Hoopsville and let your friends know too. Make sure you like uh, either like us on YouTube or Facebook. Follow us on those two entities as well. You can also uh, like us uh, anywhere else on Twitter, for example, at D3Hoopsville. We're on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well. Also, if you listen to the podcast, be sure to like and review us on whatever avenue you use to watch us because or listen to us because that will Uh, move us up the algorithms as well and more people might be able to find the show as well which helps everybody out thanks for tuning in everybody hope you have a great uh, start to this week we'll look forward to having you back here on thursday for much more division three basketball talk